Hey guys, and welcome back to Happy Little Accidents Season 3. I know it's been a minute, but I'm super excited to be here, and I'm super excited to get this week started. So, with everything kind of going on in the world, and everyone is obviously thinking about the election, and if you're not, you should probably reconsider what you're thinking about, but... I think we really need to think about what's going to happen in 2021, especially since we really didn't think we're going to make it there. So let's talk about Amy Coney Barrett. She is a circuit judge in the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Seventh Circuit. So why am I even talking about her? Well, Trump nominated Barrett to the Seventh Circuit on May 8th, 2017, and then the Senate confirmed her on October 31st, 2017. So... She actually taught at Notre Dame Law, and she's taught uh, civil procedure, constitutional law, and statutory interpretation. So once again, I should probably reiterate or even ask myself, why am I talking about Barrett? Well, 11 months preceding her confirmation to the Seventh Circuit, Trump added her to his list of potential court, (laughs) potential Supreme Court nominees. And that's, that's a big deal. So... The foundational information that we know about Barrett includes that she grew up in a devout Catholic family, and since 82, her father has actually been an ordained deacon. She then studied law at Notre Dame Law on a full ride, and during her time as a fighting Irish, she was the executive editor of Notre Dame Law Review. She graduated top of her class in 97 with a JD, summa cum laude, and we can just kind of take from all what I just said that she's obviously smart, she's obviously dedicated, and she obviously is excelling in her field. But let's be real. The expected nomination of the Seventh Circuit judge sets in motion a likely very sharp shift in favor of a more conservative high court. During this time, Trump has continually hinted that he would pick a woman and throwing her into, I mean, throwing into account her conservative nature, she really resonates well with Trump's ideological platforms. So Barrett firmly believe that life begins at conception, which came from a Notre Dame article published in 2013. And then also when Barrett was graduating from Notre Dame, Notre Dame was in kind of a period where they were producing a lot of lawyers having the same ideology in terms of, you know, religious beliefs and how that kind of goes into, you know, the decisions you make as a woman and your body and how it comes to giving birth, right? I'm going to keep it pretty much that simple and short. So she also believes that justice shouldn't be bound by the high court um, precedents. Now, in short, this is known as stare uh, decisis, which means that she can vote to overturn cases like Roe v. Wade if she gains a seat. Some of her top supporters are anti-abortionist activists and evangelists. So actually the head of the Susan B. Anthony list actually fully supports her at her rise to the highest court in our nation and has advocated this to Donald Trump. So now I am um, just thinking about this. You kind of are having, you know, maybe thoughts in your mind, wonder, and kind of trying to figure out does her ideologies align with you. And obviously we know that a lot of times past conservative judges might not 
align with us. But I think the difference with her is that right now at 48 years old, she'd be the youngest judge on the court. Now only does it kind of speak to her as a person, not any negative or positive light that I'm trying to bring forward, but it's the impact that she will have, or this decision, the impact and her skills will be on the generations to come. I mean, 48 years old, RBG just died twice her age. I mean, to think about that, like your kids, your grandchildren will be influenced by decisions that she can possibly make. And now something even more kind of, you know, controversial is that Baird's extracurricular activities have been kind of questionable. She is a member of a super controversial conservative group, which has been questioned many of times, right? And specifically, the questions come to their internal family dynamics teaching, right? And so with that, you know, respect to how conservative she is and that she is, you know, kind of the ideologies that she does have, you want to wonder um, how long will she possibly serve for, right? It's, It's a little scary thinking about this. And I think this really brings up a good point of being conservative, um, thinking in a certain way, thinking in a certain like aspect, and then how that really respects to your own, you know, judgment. Generations change, right? That's nothing new. But I think when you think about people on the Supreme Court, when you really look at them and how long they lasted and what they influenced, it's scary that at this time in our country, that this is a question that we have to review. But then again, there's so many things going on in our country that should not be happening right now that I can completely get into, but this is not the time for that. Anyway, so her conservative ideals are very scary to say the least, right? As the election countdown is extremely surreal right now, a conservative influence on the bench has been a major point in Trump's talking points in regards to being reelected. Barrett actually clerked for the now deceased Justice Scalia, and after she graduated from Notre Dame, that's actually when it happened, she shared similar thought patterns with the late judge, including being a strict originalist. So in 2013, in the Texas Law Review, she wrote that she would enforce her best understanding of the Constitution instead of a precedent that conflicts with it. So if Barrett does enter the high court, she will be the fifth woman to have served. Now, in a black and white sense that there is a woman, another woman, in terms of being five of all of the people who have served on the highest court, it's amazing, right? It's great. It means progress. But we don't want this type of progress. Someone who is not fighting for women's rights in the simplest of senses. And I mean, you can disagree with that, but there's tons of things she says that are extremely questionable. So if she's confirmed, she would be alongside Justices uh, Sotomayor and Kagan. But what is at risk right now with her ethical platform? And that's really something I think we need to dive into. She's been on the Seventh Circuit for less than a decade, right? I mean, let's be honest, she's been on that circuit for less than three years. Let's just keep it extremely transparent. And then that only happened after working at Notre Dame Law for school, law school for almost two decades. So, I mean, obviously she's well-versed being professor, but that doesn't translate to sitting on the highest court in our nation. And you can't sugarcoat it. 
she has a short tenure and that means a little that means a little time to develop her own ideologies her legal opinion is not going to be robust as it should be it may be borrowed but that's not what belongs on the supreme court and honestly this is way bigger than any of the issues i've mentioned before because her questionable stances mean she's influenced by someone, right? So even if her physical self may be sitting on that court, whose ideas will we be listening to? Because obviously it cannot be hers in you know complete entirety. So in theory, this could have worked well for Democrats. Uh, a quote, well, quote unquote, perfect GOP nominee can sometimes end up leaning towards the liberal side. But this isn't anything new. Republicans know this and would obviously want to make sure to vet their nominee and understand them completely with their ideologies and everything that goes with going to this position. So what else do we know about Barrett? Well, we know she loves chocolate. She almost went to teach English in academia, and she really likes using Pinterest. But she also thinks people have a foundational under misunderstanding of the judicial role. And this opens the door to her connection to originalism. Barrett has said that the fact that we are that we weren't alive or didn't have the ability to participate doesn't render the law illegitimate. We accept the law as we find it until we lawfully change it. So originalism contrasts the understanding of a living constitution, right? And so in a living constitution, we interpret that based on what is currently going on, even if the current era contrasts the original context. So in defense of Barrett being an originalist, some people argue that originalism creates a reliable system. It helps protect against a change that may be seen as arbitrary, and there becomes a standard of understanding that the law, how it is, is maintained. But the law needs to adjust to what is currently going on. With a national and overdue conversation on systemic racial issues, many many which were born out of you know, the law, Barrett will have to respond to the role that her views and originalism plays in that regard. Barrett is an originalist that looks for the orig- original context as pertains to the Constitution. She falls in you know, a group of originalists who seek out the original meaning. So keeping that in the back of our minds, we know that she might be or could or is looking to overturn something as her opinion to the law may not be according to how the law has been used in the high court. We have this issue, right? How Barrett, if appointed, understands the law. Now, our next issue is her moral obligations. How will her strict religious standards impact her interpretation of the law? Realistically, if she's appointed to the Supreme Court, this will be just about the biggest change since the early 90s, specifically 1991. So let's look at abortion. RBG was a devoted supporter of reproductive rights. In Louisiana and Texas, she was instrumental in blocking the restrictions of abortion clinics. But Barrett, on the other hand, is a firm and vocal advocate of anti of the anti-abortion movement. And this potential change that would occur on the Supreme Court would be one similar to that of Justice Marshall being replaced by Justice Clarence. As a nation, we can remember Marshall as a liberal, a civil rights movement staple. And well, Clarence is probably one of the most conservative members of that court. So now in the black and white sense, both men are black, both are black men on the highest court, right? And that is an accomplishment within itself. But the question I want to ask you is, what will their ideologies do for the people they are representing? 
right? So yes, Baird is a woman, but how is she advancing woman rights? Hell, how is she even advancing human rights? The court has continued to move to the right. So we see uh, Justice Kennedy's spot was taken over by Kavanaugh and O'Connor was taken over by Alito. While he, while the change was not as shocking, it shows a continuous you know, change occurring in the high court. Right now, the current steps of the high court can be seen as supportive of religious diversity. But with Barrett, there might not, this might not happen or continue, right? So let's talk about same-sex couples when it comes to adoptions. Let's talk about finding a job and being qualified for your skill set and your religious belief. Let's talk about scholarship programming, right? And I think many of us don't always think about religion if we're not actively religious, but Barrett holding a seat will definitely have people reconsidering how they go about their lives and how religion there or lack thereof really, you know, impact them. So let's take a step back to June when the Supreme Court ruled that transgender, lesbian, and gay workers were covered when it came to sex discrimination. Barrett has publicly denounced this. She said that her personal understanding of marriage is between a man and a woman. Like I said, or like I've already said, Barrett is known for her conservative opinion, which is why she's such a you know you know outstanding candidate for Trump. Barrett, if appointed, would be the seventh member of the court to belong to the Catholic faith. But Barrett continues to be vocal about her religion, and there's nothing wrong with that unless you are a nominee for the Supreme Court that makes it apparent that your religious beliefs will impact the law when it comes to it. At Notre Dame, Barrett was a member of Faculty for Life and has continuously defended that the right to life begins from fertilization to the end of natural life. She's also said that Catholic judges are morally precluded from enforcing the death penalty. So we obviously know that in the grand scheme of things, Barrett's opinion can do more harm, right? And it has nothing to do with her being a, you know, maybe bad person, but the fact is that she has such rigid standards for her own life that that's going to impact a nation that is of all ethnicities, of all age ranges, of all religions, and that's a completely big issue. Barrett is a questionable candidate in normal circumstances. But add in this accelerated timeline that the Senate Republicans and Trump are using is scary. We know that they want her on a bench by the time of Election Day, but what I think is the biggest slap in the face that her potential seat was made possible by RBG's death. And honestly, with that circumstance, the seat should not be filled until we see who wins the presidential election. But by Republican standards, Barrett is guided by her faith. She'll make her decision based on the law and not her preference, while Democrats will wonder why the rush to fill RBG's seat. But also the rush for this conservative judge who will stricken up abortion rules, has a history of loose gun restrictions, and backwards when it comes to discrimination and environmental laws is a big problem for our country. And especially one that's going to be a rushed decision. It would be stupid to think that the public people aren't watching closely. And today, as the hearings kick off, Barrett's views will be questioned, tested, and asked to be solidified. We're going to hear about Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. And these two cases are obviously related to abortion rights. And with Barrett being openly anti-abortion, she will definitely be asked to speak on these cases and if they were decided appropriately and at the end if they should even be overturned. We know that Barrett has signed an anti-abortion news ad in 06 and as a judge she has voted against the topic twice. We should also expect to hear uh, stare decides, which I mentioned earlier, 
And in Latin, this means to stand by what has been decided. And this is the foundation for judges that make their decisions based on an earlier one. When this is brought up in a confirmation hearing, it's often associated with abortion rights, and that'll probably be the same case with Barrett. Now, this brings up the concept of recusal, and it refers to a judge's decision to not take part in a case because of either a personal conflict or a financial stake, but obviously because they can't make a just decision on that case because of what else is going on. We know Democrats will want to know if Barrett would recuse herself, you know, because, you know, the fact is that her very transparent views will conflict with cases going on, right? And so the issue I see here is that this shouldn't even be an issue of asking if she'll recuse herself. But the fact that we have to consider if a judge will need to be recused, there shouldn't be a recusal needed. We should find someone who can do their job and doesn't have such a uh, chip on their shoulder, to say the least, for certain issues that impact a big percentage of the population. Obviously, I can go on a tangent and probably talk for a couple hours about why Barrett is a questionable choice for the Supreme Court and why we should be concerned. And I think a lot of the concern that I have and I think people that I talk to who share similar concerns is because it's so obvious why we should be concerned, but the fact that we have to justify it seems crazy. It honestly seems crazy, but I guess 2020 has been a pretty crazy year. Either way, with the hearings beginning today, definitely, you know, tune in, make sure you're aware. I think with the election and this and the confirmation hearing and whatnot, it's a lot to take on aside from just what's going on in your daily life. One thing is just between the fly on Pence's head or, you know, Donald Trump getting COVID-19. We, there's a lot going on, right? But Barrett being appointed to Supreme Court for a lifetime is scary. Donald Trump being elected, that's four more years, and that's a different conversation, but a lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court is something that can really change the course of the future of our country. So tune in, make sure you're aware, and you don't stay true to your own opinions, but remember to look into the facts. And this isn't just a judge or a woman or a mom or someone else being appointed to the Supreme Court. It's someone who can really impact our lives, our children's lives, our grandchildren's lives, and just the general future of our world. So stay tuned, stay woke. <laughs>